we feature the prolific and award-winning Israeli filmmaker Dan Goldman. He's been described as a unique and brave poet of cinema. He's received three Lifetime Achievement Awards. I met Dan a couple of years ago and was spellbound by the kind of stories he weaves. I'm delighted that he's joining us today from Ramat Gan, Israel. I'm Dan Wallman and I'm happy to be on the spotlight with uh, Sandhya. Dan, you've been making films for over 50 years now. And right from your very first film, The Dreamer, you've chosen a different path. Can you tell us what are the inspirations for your filmmaking and what are the topics that interest you? You know, I guess one needs a psychiatrist or a psychologist to find the reason why a young man of uh, 25, 26, when I made my first feature film, uh, wants to make a film dealing with old people. And a few of my films, my early films especially, dealt with old people. And I guess uh, it had to do something with the fact that I didn't feel comfortable with people my own age. And there is something which is mysterious about this, and I cannot uh, you know, put it in words. But I think also in my films, there is something about paying attention and caring. People that uh, where there's, there's no light. There were no other feature films dealt with old people in my country, at least at that time. I think it was the first feature film dealing with old people in Israel ever. I don't know, again, it has to do, I guess, with something that you feel you care for something that uh, you, you, I'm not, usually I'm not mainstream. I'm not, I'm not going for the subject. Everybody's saying, okay, let's make money. We'll do something, a comedy or something like that. And I'm trying to do something that I feel that belongs to me, that I feel that I belong to it. And I really belong somehow to the margins and not to the center. You know, again, when you speak about, again, I cannot pinpoint and say here, this is a place where I get an idea. Uh, sometimes, you know, I like I read a book and there is something there and I say, wow, this is something that I could do in this other media, in this film media, and I can touch people. Or I can, through my filters, show a very interesting angle about it. But many of the personal films come from, you know, I guess, things that, like other people, you know, relationship with parents, family, etc. So one of the central themes of uh, your films, though they're all of different topics, is the conflict that an individual has with society. What have you analyzed having made films dealing with these topics? What do you think is the root cause for an individual's conflict with society? In, in my country, because we are a country that has always been a country in siege. We were surrounded by enemies. And there was this thing, the militaristic thing, was always something that everybody valued. People are know exactly their duties and they have to fight for something. So here I have individuals who are faced with this thing where everybody wants them to be a part of the norm, to be like, exactly like everyone else and to fight like everyone else. But they have their own things. So sometimes it causes friction. I'm interested, again, in, in the individual who is not like everyone else, somebody who is different. My films are about these kinds of people, you know, so it could be a woman who is a prostitute, it could be a gay person, it could be old person, it could be a woman, you know, like, let's say, in a, in a place where a woman is uh, not uh, 
respected or doesn't get the attention that she should get and the, the possibilities are not open for her. So I'm interested in people like that who are weak and that maybe I can do something for them. You know, I met you at the screening of an Israeli love story. And that brings right. together, you know, the confluence of love and politics. And I felt like how Israel as a newly created country. And uh, I have seen films in the past when India was a newly liberated country. There is a sense of idealism and sacrifice that drove the people at that time. But uh, this fades over a period of time. And then you see a whole lot of things like corruption and decadence and there is no optimism anymore amongst the people. You explored such themes in your films and uh, why do you think this happens? First of all, I think that there is a tendency to, to think that things have changed for the worse, you know, and we think we speak that we speak about corruption now, etc. But, you know, I used to speak to my father and my father used to say to me, I'm telling you, things were much worse before. Because he said, like you compare today and I speak about, and he says, think about, let's say, when India got its uh, independence in Israel for 1947, 1948. You know, in 1945 was the end of the Nazi era. So many people killed, taken by trains to concentration camps and gassed. You know, can you compare it to today? It was much worse. And my father says that when I speak about corruption, people are this. He said that even during the war in Israel, there were people who were selling goods. They would put them for another day so they could sell them for more money. So I'm not sure that today is because we have a lot of advantages today. Because, you know, when you think about the fact that so many things could be hidden in previous days, and now that everybody has a cell phone and so on, we can actually document and we can actually show a lot of things that were wrong and like that. So I'm saying, I'm just saying that one has to take it in, you know, proportion and in uh, with a perspective. Here, like in, in an Israeli love story in the film, you know, you have a story of ide- ideal love, love, you know, idealists, and, and at the same time, war and death. And of course, you find it also in Indian cinema. That's true. Another, uh, you know, strong uh, theme that underlies all your films is uh, family, especially uh, the nuclear family. Since you've been examining this topic in several films, have you seen how families have changed, how relationships have changed? And uh, do you have any comment about that? In my country, there is like a, a tremendous change for the better in the sense that I think there is more tolerance now to all kinds of families, to combined families. And, you know, like uh, single women, you know, in man- many in my country, many single women decide they don't want to get married and they still want to have a child. So, you know, they can do this. And you have, uh, again, like uh, with a gay subject, you have, you know, like in my, uh, when my uh, granddaughter is going to her k- kindergarten, uh, she in her uh, same class, there are, you know, two women who are gay and who have uh, their own child or two men who have their own children. It's very, very common uh, now. Uh, So I'm speaking about this, you know, particular thing, which is more, and I think that, so this is one thing. And uh, I think also, you know, the whole uh, theme of, uh, you know, me too, uh, problem of uh, violence at home and so on. I think that now there is much more 
you know, uh, let's say a woman who is beaten by her husband can hear other women on television, on radio and so on. And will, I think now she will find it easier to go to the police or content. So I think that I'm saying, you know, it was before it, it was like you, you, somebody, a family would send the husband somewhere to a faraway country to um, uh, make money and so on. And uh, uh, it would take man, nine months before he comes back. And today with airplanes and so on, you have people who live in a certain country and they just go for three days to England and they come back. And, you know, I think that uh, there are lots of things which have improved. You know, it's, uh, I'm going to ask a question that might seem a little unfair. Uh, of all the many films that you have made, which would you choose as your favorite film? It's a question that I've been asked before many times. I'm, uh, it's not easy because, you know, it's like uh, parents. Usually the parents like the films that the critics uh, hate because you say, okay, this is the child was, this is the one who was sick all the time. And, you know, I was more uh, uh, closer to him. Uh, so, uh, but I think that, uh, you know, obviously I made some films as a gun for hire, you know, like producer came to me and said, Dan, we want you to make a film in Italy or we want to make a film in Sweden or, you know, here and make some comedy. And I made a comedy which was very successful here. Again, so... Uh, but, you know, I like it. It's also my child, though someone else wrote the screenplay. There was another producer. But, uh, you know, obviously there are some things which are um, very much my own, very personal. So I think my film, uh, The Dreamer, my film Hide and Seek uh, and uh, Ben's biography, these are films which are, uh, you know, I feel a bit closer to. So you actually um, do many different kinds of films, right? You do commercial films, you do your very personal films, you do short films, you do documentaries, you're involved in theater. You also uh, write many of your screenplays. How do you uh, make time for all this? Because I know that, uh, you know, uh, as a creative person, you're, you have many projects going on simultaneously and they'll all be at uh, different stages of creation. Yeah. How do you segment yeah. time and mentally, how do you create space yes. for it? You know, first of all, you know, it's over many, many years. So when you look at my day, you know, I'm, I think that uh, busy people have a lot of time and, you know, I'm, uh, if you take me, I'm saying yesterday I was watching a soccer game for te on television for, uh, you know, close to two hours and uh, I still have time, you know, to be with the family, to this and so on. It's uh, um, what I, the one thing is that uh, when I do work, I don't like some people say, OK, I need an intermission. So I in the intermission for me is to go to something else. I think it's nice that I can, uh, you know, like uh, be involved with music and maybe write a theme for an idea for a song. And at the same time, uh, suddenly I see something and say, wow, that's a nice short story. But still, I'm telling you, like Saturday, we went all the family to a forest uh, where, you know, we were there for three, four hours. And, and I, I have a lot of time. Maybe I read less than I, I, I would like to. But uh, and I so I, I try not to, you know, like some people bury themselves and watch a series on television, a lot of, you know, television series. It's something that I yeah, uh, I don't do, you know, like sometimes there is a series that I see and then I try always to limit myself. 
because I think that life is more important than, you know, the life given to you on the screen. And I try to, you know, to, to that my, the life will have a real meaning for me, not, not just to live other people's lives. Here's a message from our sponsors. And don't go away. After the break, I'll be talking to Dan Goldman about his connection with India. Results and spa. Come, take advantage. Then I've heard in the past, I've heard you say that, uh, you know, India fascinates you and you feel it's a very much a part of you. Tell us about the film that you're making, which is partly set in India. I think it's called My Father's Secret. So mm. can you tell us about it and you know, how you got the idea, what stage is it at, and where did you get the story, who's done the screenplay? You know, a friend of mine told me a story, a true story. And uh, the, the friend told me that he, as a child, his father used to go abroad for business. And uh, then when he was a bit older, he found out through his mother that actually his father, he had these uh, problems of depression. And then when in, in periods where he would be, uh, he was a maniac depressive. I don't know how you say it in English. I think that's the way you say it. What happened was that when he was depressed, his mother used to protect him from people that he owed money to or whatever. And she would say that he is abroad. But actually he was at some aunt's house. He was in some, some place in a, in a village. And the boy thought his father was abroad and she would tell him, Listen, your father said this and that. So I wanted to make, I, I, I was very moved by this story because only later in his life, he found out that actually his father was in the same place and he was not abroad. So, and at the same time, there was another story. Here, very much involved, and I meet a lot of Indians who are in Israel working and taking care of old people, cleaning, or doing all kinds of jobs. We have a lot of people from India and from Sri Lanka and the Philippines, etc., and I thought of a friendship between this boy, okay? This boy that his father suddenly is abroad. That's what he thinks. Actually, it's not true. It's something that he discovers through the film that his father is uh, actually at ho- uh, you know, not far away from home, but has these terrible depressions. And uh, this uh, young man, he befriends a woman uh, from next door. There's an Indian woman who takes care of an old couple. And the old couple... Uh, die and the son of the old couple tells the Indian woman that she is fired she has to go and he doesn't want to pay her and she befriends this boy okay and the, the boy tries to help her also because the son of the old couple uh, doesn't want to pay her what she, what he owes her and she's sent to India but there is a friendship so there's a story of friendship between this boy and this lady from India and at the end of the story, the boy goes to India with his brother. So there is some sort of a connection. So there's a little part shot in India, and most of the film is shot in Israel. What stage is this, the film at? You know, the corona uh, ruined everything. So I, was, I went to Jharkhand, uh, where they offered me some incentives, and they liked the story. And... Uh, uh, then I was trying to raise money here, but then, uh, you know, traveling was not permitted, etc. 
and I didn't need a lot of money. You know, with very little money, uh, I could uh, do do the film. But then, so it was canceled, and I was negotiating with actresses, you know, with producers. But it fell through, and you know, with me, I have to in order for me to wake up in the morning with a. You know, I have to have a feeling that there is an aim, that I have to do something. So, you know, I was looking around and then I, I read this book by Amos Oz, the famous Israeli author who died last year. And uh, the, bo the book is a very beautiful book. It's called, in English, Judas. And I said, okay, I'm going to uh, try to acquire the rights for that book, which I did. And uh, this is the film that I'm embarking on now. I'm trying to raise money to make it. And it's a very simple story that takes place in Jerusalem. So I see that a lot of films, especially on the streaming platforms, have been tweaked. So they can be made with very few resources and they can be made faster. And especially, I think, anthologies of short films have become very popular. Do you see yourself adopting these techniques? The question of faster is not right because in some of my films, I dare and I start shooting the film before I have the money to finish them. And so there have been some feature films, regular films, you know, long films, where I said, okay, I have an idea. I'm not going to wait now for a few years and have producers help me. I have $500. I'm going to shoot three days. You know, so I got the actors and so on. And I said to them, you know, try not to cut your hair. Try not to change your, the way you look for a while. I speak, you know, to the actress, uh, you know, and, and, and the people. And um, I say to them, we're going to shoot one day every month, you know. And so uh, this way, some of my films dragged for three years or five years till I finished them. And, uh, but the film, you know, ended up uh, competing with other films which were made for millions of dollars in the most famous festivals in the world. And so I'm just trying to all the time be busy. You know, some of the films that I told you I made for other producers were uh, nice budget films. It's my own films. Sometimes I'm telling the producers my ideas and they say it's uh, not going to make money. This guy's making films about old people about death. So I'm fighting to do my own thing. Dan, um, yes. since you come to India quite often and you're quite familiar with the Indian film industry, can I ask you which of the Indian filmmakers that you are impressed by and are there any particular films or actors whom you like? First of all, I've, I see a lot of Indian films and I like Bollywood, but because I'm uh, invited to be on the jury of many right. Indian film festivals. And I was in Lucknow and in Kochi and, and of course, you know, at Trivandrum, a lot of cities, Kolhapur, you name, I can name 20 cities where I was involved as this. I see a lot of the non-commercial Indian cinema, the films which are very personal and uh, usually they don't get to the public. And uh, I feel bad for the distributors of Indian cinema that there's actually no distribution for sometimes for art films. So I'm saying that uh, I don't want to mention names of, uh, of filmmakers because, you know, again, I'm, I admire the big industry, the, the vibrant, uh, you know, Bollywood, the great Bollywood uh, film, uh, this, and I go to cinemas in India, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, I'm saying that uh, there is, you know, it's a pity, I think, that again, who am I to criticize? You know, I'm again a foreigner, but that, you know, like on television, for example, on Indian television, there is no, like in my country, 
they force the Israeli television channels that they should help uh, Israeli cinema. So they say you have to uh, be invest, the television has to invest. I think it's from money that comes from commercials. They have to invest in arts films, which are more experimental, which are unusual. And uh, so they have to invest, let's say in two, three features, each channel every year. And this gives, uh, so uh, I'm saying that in India, uh, it's very rare that you see, uh, you know, art films because everything is for rating, for money, something that will go with commercials. But uh, I think that uh, it would it would have helped or it would help if such a thing would be created. Do you see any similarities at all between uh, Indian society and Israeli society and the way it's depicted in cinema? There is something. And again, you know, you speak about, it's very dangerous because you speak about mentalities of countries. You know, and India is not one country. India is a thousand countries. And, you know, people in, uh, I don't know, uh, down south and people, People in the north are very different. People who live in the Himalaya and people who live by the sea. And they, they have different foods and they have different mentalities. So it's very difficult to say. But I'm, I'm saying that there is something, and we don't know what it is, that uh, Israelis feel very comfortable when they come to India. And uh, I think there is something about the personality. I think when Indians come to Israel also, they feel something, that there is something that... Uh, you know, let's say, uh, I don't, again, I don't want to insult other countries and mention other countries where they feel uncomfortable. But uh, I think that there is something which is mysterious. And uh, it's very interesting because in Israel, you know, many young people and also people my age finishing the army or something like that would say, okay, I'm going to India. And it uh, strengthens them. And uh, there's a very nice friendships that develop between the people from these two countries. I don't know if cinema one can speak about something which is uh, similar. All right. On that note, uh, thank you, Dan, uh, for making time to be in this show. And I really appreciate your insights into filmmaking and into pursuing your passion. Thank you very much. I thank you. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to speak to someone in India. If, you know, unfortunately, because of the corona, I cannot go there, but at least uh, see you when you are there. Okay, thanks. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya, featuring Dan Waldman, the Israeli filmmaker. You can also watch this interview on the Raintree Media YouTube channel. Until I'm back again with another interesting guest, take care and bye-bye. Flowers Arts and Spa. Come, take advantage.